strength training episode number two. To be a better runner, I just need to run, right? Welcome to the Run Smarter Podcast, the podcast helping you overcome your current and future running injuries by educating and transforming you into a healthier, stronger, and smarter runner. My name is Brody Sharp. I am the guy to reach out to when you've finally decided enough is enough with your persistent running injuries. I'm a physiotherapist, the owner of the Breakthrough Running Clinic, and your podcast host. I'm excited to bring you today's lesson and to add to your ever-growing running knowledge. Let's work together to overcome your running injuries, getting you to that starting line, and finishing strong. So let's take it away. I felt a bit weird bringing in the intro with a question. <coughs> I'll um, be mindful of adding that to the title in the future. Today we have episode two of the strength training season. So this is season two. I tried to lay some groundwork into strength training, what it means to the running community, what it means to you as a runner, should you strength train? If you are doing strength training, how should you go about it? What does the research say? What sort of exercises should I do? I plan on covering all of these throughout season two so that when we move on to season three, we have an updated comprehensive understanding of what's going on and then we can just move on to the next topic. So welcome back. In the last episode, we talked about the risk of injury if you were to start some strength training and also running with injury prevention. If you do strength training, will this help injury prevention? And you're probably walking away from last episode without being that convinced, but this episode will change all that. The injury prevention side of things, the evidence doesn't really stack up just yet, but now we're talking about the performance side of things. If you do strength training, how does it affect your running performance? And I've put this in because one of the myths that is circulating through the running community is that you want to train the muscles to build up the endurance. You want endurance throughout your entire body because that's what you're doing. If you are doing a 10K, half marathon, marathon and beyond, it's an endurance-based sport. Therefore, I just need to train my muscles to tolerate endurance to be a more efficient, better runner. So let's start with, um, I've broken up this episode into different benefits it can have. And so or different gains you can have. So gain number one is it improves your anaerobic capacity or improves the anaerobic qualities that you have. So what is anaerobic? So anaerobic is when your body builds up lactic acid, when you get that burn in your legs, if you're going up hills, if you're sprinting, if you're doing shorter distance runs, if you have little surges within a race, or if it's just getting towards the end of a really long race. I think a lot of people can relate to a marathon if you're going the same pace, but you go towards the end and those legs start getting really heavy. They start burning. That is more of an anaerobic quality that you have. I'm following a lot of the information from Richard Blagrove's book called Strength and Conditioning for Endurance Running. Very evidence heavy, uh, but very insightful. And when it talks about improvement of the anaerobic qualities. He talks about strength and conditioning uh, relates to improving how energy is metabolized anaerobically. The important quality that will improve relates to the ability to tolerate 
the muscle like waste products that begin to build up in your muscles and cause fatigue when you are forced to use your anaerobic glycolysis pathway. So it goes into detail about that. I don't want to get too technical and too scientific, but there's also a study that Tom Goom likes to relate to in his course when it comes to strength and improving performance. And he has a really nice table of the effects of heavy and explosive strength training on endurance performance. And there's a whole list of these qualities, but amongst them, there is improved anaerobic capacity, improved lactate threshold, reduced and delayed fatigue, obviously improved maximal strength, and a lot of other benefits, which I'll delve into further in the episode. So what does this mean practically? We're talking scientific. I don't really want to get scientific because a lot of people like you who are listening are just runners, don't have a science background or a physio background. So I want to just relate to to you. And so like I alluded to before, if you have a surge within a race, if you're doing a park run, or if you're doing a trail race or a half marathon, and within that entire race, you hold a a steady pace. If you want to chase down someone in front of you, maybe it's a pacer, maybe it's one of your mates, maybe it's someone that you just don't like the look of and want to feel good passing them. All of that just increases your, your speed, increases the amount of, or the rate of energy production. Your muscles need to fire quicker and your body hasn't adapted to it slowly yet and it's just a nice quick fire of explosive force produced by the muscle. So these little surges within races. The other scenario which comes to mind, which I can relate to very well doing um, some trail series last year, are hills. Like hills are a killer and especially if you're doing some trail events, you'll know that they can get quite long, quite large. The incline is just ridiculous and you need a lot of muscle strength just to negotiate that change that the muscles need. I can relate to this. Just quickly chiming in here to let you scholars know, I have just updated my five-day injury prevention challenge. This is one email per day for five days, learning new concepts and diving into the science on how you can reduce your risk of injury. The sign-up link is in the show notes, so fill in your details and I'll be waiting for you in email number one tomorrow. This one, uh, like I said last time, I've participated in about a year and a half of CrossFit. At that time when I was doing CrossFit, I was only running maybe once or twice a week and just maintaining my aerobic capacity, wasn't building on it at all. Um, But that's just what I told myself. I wasn't training for anything in particular. Uh, I just wanted to change my body, keep my body guessing and see how it responded to some intense strength work. And then I decided to do some trail runs and even though the distance was about 5 to 8k on any given race, I noticed on the hills I was smashing people and I just felt within myself I wasn't getting tired like I used to. And it made me think if I was to incorporate this while I was building up my running, um, it'd be a huge advantage if I was participating in those races. If you're doing shorter races, like if you're doing a flat 5 to 10k, uh, these distances you are working some anaerobic contribution uh, and it's quite large that contribution so if you are a short to medium distance runner strength training is automatically going to improve your performance because those anaerobic qualities are still within that if you're trying to push out a 5k race you'll notice that your legs burn a lot more than if you're trying to push out a half marathon 
It's they're two totally different energy systems that you're using. So that's gain number one, improving your anaerobic qualities. Gain number two that I want to talk about is improving your running economy. If you haven't heard of the term VO2 max, it is the maximum oxygen you can use. And the running economy is essentially just the VO2 without the max part. And so it's the amount of oxygen you can consume at a certain speed. If you run at 12 Ks an hour, and you're breathing in a lot of oxygen and consuming a lot of oxygen compared to if you were a lot fitter or you had another runner who was running at the same speed and not consuming as much oxygen. They're not breathing as heavily because they can efficiently process that oxygen. Um, Their economy is a lot better. They're more efficient in how they take in and use that oxygen. I've got a little definition from the strength and conditioning for endurance running book. And it says running economy describes how much oxygen you can use at a given running speed. Particularly for well-trained runners, running economy is a very important determinant for performance. Several strength and conditioning activities have been shown to enhance running economy, including resistance training, which improves your stride length, and plyometric training, which improves the ability of the tendons to store and return elastic energy. So if you were to get some runners in a lab and look at all their physiology, look at all their markers. The running economy and your VO2 is the most important and predictable factor for performance. If you were just looking at numbers and you were to look at someone's running economy via their VO2, you'd be very confident in knowing that they can perform better, that they are a better runner. So running economy is important. Back to that Tom Goom table that showed the effects of heavy and explosive training on endurance performance, VO2 max doesn't change. So if you were just to blitz out a a strength session and you're really, really pushing yourself to the max, that total max effect doesn't change. But your running economy at lower levels of intensity does change. It did improve your maximum speed. It did improve your endurance performance, which are very, very important things. So it's worth knowing those benefits as well before moving on to gain three. Okay, so recap, we have gain one, improves your anaerobic qualities. Gain two, it improves your running economy. Let's talk about gain three, which is improving running technique. Now, I don't think there's one correct technique for everyone, nor are we trying to correct biomechanics. If you are pronating your feet, if the knees are slightly collapsing in, if there's a minor hip drop. We don't worry too much about those angles because it shows that there's no correlation with injury or performance of any kind. But you do have runners, especially new runners, they just run sloppy. And if you want to improve your running efficiency, the body needs to act quite rigid. It needs to be like an efficient, effective spring, like a spring mechanism. When you plant yourself one foot on the ground and you push off, if the spring is nice and efficient, it's quite rigid. It can store energy and then release energy really quickly. If you had a a metal spring that was really rigid and you put tension on it and let it go and it just takes off, compare that to, say, like a slinky that's really floppy and if you were to store that energy within that spring and then release it. It's a little bit less efficient. So new runners who 
flop down on the ground, their center of gravity goes quite low, usually with a greater knee bend, and they just sink as they hit the ground, and then they push off, is a lot less efficient than if you had someone who plants on the ground with a very stiff lever and then pushes off. So we want to increase that stiffness. We want to increase that spring efficiency, which is a feed forward towards your running economy, which is what we discussed before. So the strength and conditioning helps improve your force generating ability. It helps the the firing, the quick firing of the muscles. It generates force against the ground. You get this triple extension, a quicker uh, speed, better economy, and better use of your tendons. Like the tendons just get used to firing and being a bit stiffer and producing force effectively. It's also shown to improve coordination and control. So if you have that improvement in coordination and control, it also reduces your oxygen cost, which again feeds forward into your running economy. Did you know you can jump on a free 20-minute physio chat with me to see if you are on the right track with your rehab and running endeavors? This is a free service as part of today's sponsor, the Run Smarter Physiotherapy Clinic, which is my own clinic where I help treat runners both in person and all over the world with online physiotherapy packages. I always encourage runners to invest in their own knowledge first, but sometimes it's nice to have a helping hand and a second opinion. So I'd love to jump on board as your coach and physio if you require tailored assistance. Just head to runsmarter.online to see your available options. Once again, if you're still unsure if physiotherapy is right for you, we can schedule a free 20-minute injury chat with me, which you can find as a button on my website or in the podcast show notes. This will take you to my online calendar and you can book in a time. So that's gain number three. Gain number four is the strength training itself just improves your buffer. It just improves your capacity. If we're talking about earlier episodes discussing load, load capacity, all those sort of things, running can only get you so far in tolerating high loads. Tom Goom talks about a bit of a ceiling effect, especially when it comes to tendons. And what that means is if we're looking at strengthening your tendons to tolerate more load, running will help do that while you're a bit weaker, just starting out as a runner. And the more you do, the more it has this ceiling effect, the more it tends to plateau, the benefits tend to plateau. So a 5k runner increases to 10k and let's just say the low tolerance doubles. If that 10k runner then goes to a half marathon, the load for that tendon only just improves slightly. And then if you go from say a half marathon to an ultra marathon, there's very little gains in that load capacity. So it starts to taper off. It's a really steady plateau the further and further you go. So the longer you run, you're not really improving on those tendon capacities. So if you were to start getting that plateau and add in some strength training, it increases the synthesis rate of a runner. So they looked at that uh, collagen production of a um, 36 kilometer runner and compared that to uh, Jim Goa who did 10 reps, 10 sets of knee extension at 70% of their 1RM and showed that it had a similar collagen synthesis rate. So again, if you were to combine running with strength training, it just increases that buffer, just boosts that buffer. The other thing it does to that buffer is create stronger bones, like increases your mineral density within your bones. 
And so again, running can get you so far to increase your bone density. Strength training can compile on top of that those effects. And bone mineral density, we obviously know is important for stress fractures and stress reactions. So we once thought that bone generation is just due to shock and like landing on the ground and that recoil, that absorbing that load puts shock through the body and helps stimulate bone growth, Um, which is true. But we now know that strength training, like as you apply force to the muscles, the muscles pull on the bone a little bit and pulling on the bone actually produces bone formation as well. So you're combining the two effects. The other thing can be said for strength imbalances. Like in my clinic, I have a runner who has knee pain or let's say they don't have knee pain, but then you put them through some strength tests and they can do single leg squats on one side 20 times and can only do single leg squats on the other side 12 times. That's a strength imbalance that can't be good for running economy, running performance, and strength training does a really good job of balancing out that difference. If that runner was to continue running, I wouldn't expect to see that balance start leveling out. So that's gain number four. So let's recap. Gain number one, improves your anaerobic qualities. Gain number two, improves your running economy. Gain three, improves running technique. And gain number four, just improves that overall buffer that you have, the overall ability to tolerate more load. Yes, it is correct. You need to combine the two. You do need to work on your endurance. So get your endurance from the sport itself. Go out for a run, do what is sensible and build up on your running. But in conjunction with some strength training, the benefits just far outweigh running alone. So do both. The iceberg analogy I like to have when it comes to, let's just say we're talking about the ceiling effect and the benefits of just running alone and you have the load capacity tapering off and plateauing. Your iceberg will grow if you run. You've got those waves that hit that iceberg. The water sprays onto the iceberg, trickles down and freezes and overall contributes to the size of your iceberg. If you start off small, if you're just starting as a runner and your iceberg is quite small, the wave is going to impact the entire iceberg. It's going to hit the iceberg and cover the entire iceberg and as a result, contribute to the overall buffer, the overall load tolerance of that iceberg. But once you start getting bigger... And once you start getting stronger and your iceberg becomes larger and larger, those waves still have an effect, but really struggle to reach all aspects of that iceberg. It gets quite high, so the iceberg will hit the side and not get up to the very top of the iceberg. And some might have like shelves and little troughs at the very top. So no matter how high that wave becomes, it's never going to reach the entire iceberg, which is a representation of that ceiling effect. It will contribute some, but not to the same extent as it would if your iceberg were small, like starting from square one again. So what does strength training do? Strength training gives you access to all of the iceberg. You can walk around it with your buckets of water and pour water onto the areas that are needed that have less access to the waves. So if you're building up your half marathon time and distance and want to increase the capacity of your tendons, let's just say in your knee, then you can do some heavy squats and that will target it perfectly. It will build up the capacity of the tendons in the knee, nice, slow, nice and controlled, just like if you had a bucket of water on your iceberg and you're just pouring it on the areas that need attention. So I hope that analogy and the benefits just tie in really well. I've got my dot point to 
recap on the episode. I think I've done that already. So in conclusion, I hope this has convinced you enough about the importance of strength training, how it's going to improve your performance moving forward and overall contribute to being a better runner. We're still moving forward on this strength training season. Next time, we're going to talk about uh, the fear of putting on too much muscle. It's a myth that's out there. Um, You don't want to be this big bulky runner. So we're going to address that issue next time. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Running Smarter Podcast. I hope you can see the impact this content will have on your future running. If you want to continue expanding your knowledge, please subscribe to the podcast and keep listening. If you want to learn quicker, jump into the Facebook group titled Become a Smarter Runner. If you want tailored education and physio rehab, you can personally work with me at breakthroughrunning.physio. Thank you so much once again. And remember, knowledge is power.